Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. Let's bow our heads for a short prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise your holy name. And we are here, Lord, to begin something new in our personal lives and something new in our church life. Father, thank you so much for sparing our lives. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us into this marvelous church, the church in which you have put all the light of all ages. And Father, thank you that you are revealing to us every day and you call us to the most wonderful relationship with you. I'm about to speak about you this morning, Lord. I'm about to speak about something and to to try to motivate my brothers and sisters to do every moment of their life. But I myself need that too, Lord. I need that maybe more than anybody here because I have come to the realization that life is totally about God. And life is about praising you, about worshiping you, about glorifying you, about serving you, about proclaiming you. Life is about this. And I myself need your spirit because there is nothing better in me than in your people. All the good things come from you. And even the teaching we teach, they come from you. So Lord, this morning, we all come, come before you in worship and we all beg you, teach us, Lord, and make us the most authentic and genuine worshipers of God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This is how the man of God, David, begins Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. The first I would like to experience with you as we try these changes in our worship service. The first I would like to experience with you is worshiping God in a way that is pleasing to Him. Is worshiping God in a way that is acceptable to the Lord. It is worshiping God in a meaningful way. It is worshiping God the way the Lord deserves. It is worshiping God in a way that transforms us, recreates us into his image. Is worshiping God in a way that worship becomes a lifestyle. Not a moment around the throne, Sabbath early in the morning, or every day in our home before we go to work, or in the evening. No, no, no. Something which goes deeper 
and deeper and deeper and penetrates every aspect of life and is extended over every moment of our life. Listen to David again. Great is the Lord. Uh, verse number one. I will exalt you, my God, O King. First of all, the man of God has come to the point where God is not only the God of the entire universe, it is his own God. And believe me, the true worship begins when God is your own God. The true worship begins when God is my own Father. That suggests a personal relationship. Yes, collective worship is wonderful. We bless each other by the way we worship the Lord. You are a blessing to me. I might be a blessing to you. But the true worship begins in your own room, begins in your own heart, begins in your own soul, where nobody's there except the Spirit of the Lord. This is the kind of relationship we all look for. And this is the kind of relationship that really makes a difference in life. Otherwise, Christianity, the Seventh-day Adventist lifestyle, as beautiful as they are, they don't make us completely different from other people. And they don't have a meaningful impact upon our own life. So if there is something I would like to underline, if there is something I would like to learn from you, from others, if there is something I would like to do for the rest of my life, is to learn to worship God, who is my God. And you may say, Pastor, oh, it is my God. He is my God. And the other one says, my God. Surely, and we finally discover ourselves, we are all children of the same God. We are all servants of the same king. We are all students of the same Lord. Now, there is something else here. David says, and I will bless your name forever and ever. What does this suggest to you? What does this suggest to me? True worship and true Christianity is not about spending a day in the courts of God. It is not about having special moments in the morning and in the evening with the Lord. It is not about reading the Bible every day a little bit. But it is about doing all these things and others forever and ever. No interruption. Nothing between me and my Lord. Nothing between me and my Lord. Not a moment of separation. Not a scene. Not an act that is ungodly. 
not an opportunity that is lost. Every moment of every day, every moment of every hour, every second, I will exalt the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And David comes to, to break it down. Verse number two, every day I will bless you. Every day I will bless you. And again, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Now, the word I will bless you must be explained a little bit because we are taught and we know that it is God that is blessing his people. And when we think of that, we think of everything good we need. Everything from food, from a shelter, from clothes, from a family, teaching, blessings after blessings, spiritual blessings, emotional blessings, physical blessings, blessings that come through relationships, blessings that come to the church. Here, in this sense, we, ne we are never to bless the Lord because there is nothing good we can do for our God. But it's about speaking the truth about God. It is about using your tongue to address his goodness, to exalt his majesty, to recognize his power. It is about giving the right testimony about the great God of universe. I will bless the Lord means everything which I will ever say about him would be true. And that means something more. That means that I, Pastor Greg, or Greg, or your brother Greg, he really needs to know God personally. Because if I do not know God personally, I cannot say anything true about him. If I, if I don't know God personally, my words about God might be empty words. If I do not know God personally, what I say about him might be false. If I do not know about God, what I say about him, it might be sinful. So in my need to become a, an authentic worshiper of God, I need to know him so that I may bless his name, I may proclaim his name, I may worship him ever and ever and ever and ever. Now, you remember Jesus had an encounter with a Samaritan woman? That lady was a prostitute. That lady didn't have any connection with Israel. That lady was a sinful human being. But in a very unusual setting, Jesus talked with that lady about something we must experience at the highest level possible. He said in uh, John chapter 4, I believe it's verse 24 and 25, 
or 23 and 24. 24 is for sure one of, one of those two verses. He says, woman, the time will come or has come that Go to verse 20, 24 first, please. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship his spirit and in truth. And after that, the woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Verse 26. He said to her, I who speak to you am he. What about verse 22? Okay, 23 and 24 again. You know the verse. The time, but the hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. When he, Jesus says, in spirit and in truth, that encompasses every aspect of life. In spirit must come from the depth of your being. The true worship is an attitude of the heart to the greatness and the goodness of God. It must come with love. It must come with adoration. It must come with thanksgiving. It must come with a spirit of humility, a spirit of surrender. In spirit, from the depth of one's being. Surely true worship also is influenced, is suggested, and is coming from the spirit of God. But here, the main accent is on the essence of your being. And also, it is in truth, that is connected to the truth about God, to the truth that is in the word of God, to the truth that is about your salvation. But look here, sometimes when we are about to worship the Lord, when we are about to praise his holy name, we are short of reasons, we are short of motives, we, are, we don't find too much to say. And, and what next what next now let's take a look back to psalm 145 here i have found so many ways so many reasons so many motives and we must underline those verse uh, 3 great is the lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable do you have here a motive to praise God? What is the motive here? Let me, let me summarize everything in two points. We worship God and we must worship God for who he is. And we worship God for what he does. If we have this clear in our mind, our worship will always be grounded in the truth and our words will not be empty words. We worship God for who he is, number one. 
and we worship God for what he does, for what he has done, for what he does now, for what he has promised that we'll be doing in the future. And if we have this clear, now everything that, that follows, follows into place. So great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. When you begin to know the greatness of God, you get silent. And if you say something, you say something about his greatness. Verse number four. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. We praise God for what he has done. When we think of his mighty acts, we can't but praise him. And there are acts in history, there are acts in the Bible, and there are mighty acts of God in your own life. If you remember for a moment what the Lord has done in your life, you will explode in thanksgiving, in praise, and in adoration. Most of the time, people forget. This is why in the Bible you find, don't forget, remember, don't forget, remember, Tell others, the Lord is suggesting here that we pass on to the next generation the truth about him, the knowledge about him, and the mighty acts. Now, you may think in your own life, and you'll find so many miracles the Lord has performed. And to say, praise the Lord of my soul. Verse 5. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty. As we meditate upon his character, we will exalt him, we will praise him. He is the most wonderful being in the entire universe. In fact, everything in this universe, everything good, everything beautiful, everything holy is coming from the hand of God. Meditate upon his splendor. And on your wondrous works again. Verse 6. And I will declare your greatness. To praise the Lord. Is to know his greatness. And is to declare his greatness. And if you begin to talk about his greatness. You need. You know how much you need to finish? You need eternity. You might not have too much to say in the beginning, but the moment you begin, you begin a journey which will never end because his greatness is infinite. Verse 7. And shall sing of your righteousness. We praise him by singing. We praise him by declaring his greatness to others. And now we praise him and we are motivated to praise him because he is righteous. And we find that he's not only righteous to himself. His righteousness is available to me and to you. We must become righteous people and we become righteous people by worshiping a righteous God. Verse 8. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. 
That's another facet of God's character. It is again who he is. Gracious, compassionate, merciful. How can you not worship and glorify such a God? And the moment again, the moment you find God's mercy and compassion manifested to you, your worship and your praise is personal, is unique, belongs to you and enriches you. This is what every single one of us needs to experience. Verse 9, the Lord is good to all. The Lord is good to whom? Is that true about you? Is that true about me? The, God, the Lord is good to all. When you think of his goodness and how it is extended to all, you can't but praise his holy name. It happened in Paraguay a number of years ago. A man of God was preaching in a stadium in front of about 20,000 uh, people. And to that stadium and to that evening, a beggar came. But he didn't get to that state in life because he was born poor. He practically was a drug addict. He was a drinker. He lost everything in life. And he was living like an animal. He would go to find food in every trash bin. He will, he will sleep in the cemetery, in some places where you put the dead. He didn't have a, a shower maybe for years. He didn't cut his hair. If you look at him, he was like a beast. And somehow needed a little warm place. He saw this huge stadium. He got there. But when he sat down on one seat over there, people around him made such a big space. Nobody could resist to that terrible smell around him. But during the sermon, to see how God is good to all. During the sermon, the pastor made this statement, which I should, I should find the right words to do it personally. I like it. He says, Tu eres la cosa más linda de esta tierra. You are the most wonderful thing on this earth. And he was thinking, me? I mean, he, he had a little sense to realize that he's like a beast. He's not like a human being. And it was like, it was like the pastor knew what he said. And he said he pointed his finger to me. I mean, how he, 
He pointed his finger to me and he said, no matter who you are, no matter how you are, you are the most wonderful the Lord has in this, on this earth. And the man said, under the influence of drugs and alcohol, and, and, and my mind has been affected for years. He was not a man in his right mind now. He said, somehow, I believe it. He didn't know how to explain. When he said it, when he repeated, I believe it. And at the end of the sermon, he said, now I want you to go and shake his hand and have a discussion with the pastor. And uh, I was coming down when everything was over, but 20 powerful bodyguards were around this man. And I couldn't even approach the place where he was. And practically, he disappeared. And I said, oh, Lord, it is a lie. If I cannot talk with this man, how can I talk with Jesus, whom I don't see? If I cannot feel the love that comes from a human being who declared that I am the most wonderful thing on this earth for God, how can I trust a God I don't see? And he was depressed. And he was about to leave. But he said, the beautiful lady, those of you who have ever watched a Spanish uh, Hope Channel and Spanish programs, there is a lady called Yeah, I, in one of those moments when the name disappeared. I'll, I'll remember later. The beautiful lady who just sang, she was coming down the, the podium. And he said, instinctively, I reach my hand. I, I reach out to her you know, to shake the hand. But at the same moment, I was thinking, the lady will or run away from me because nobody sta uh, stands in my presence. And when I instinctively stretched the hand, the lady came to me and she embraced me. She really kept me tight. And at that moment, I was thinking, this is like the embrace of Jesus. And in that moment, the man said, something happened in my mind. I said, it is true. Everything is over, he said. The life I live is over. I will live a new life. And he said, I try to find a job, but people still look at me the way they looked before. But he said, I was looking to Jesus now. I was rejected from this by this, but I was still looking to Jesus. I would be rejected by these people, but I would still be looking to Jesus. And I kept looking to Jesus. Practically everything now which I'm saying is the story he, tell the pa he tells the pastor six years after. Because when the pastor was about to preach this evening, a nice, elegant man came to him and he said, Pastor, I, I come from about 20, 
200-and-some miles. I heard that you are preaching in this place, and I came to tell you my story. The pastor said, please. He said, six years ago, and whatever I told you is, happened six years ago. But I kept looking to Jesus. I have a job. I am, I am number one in, in the role they gave me over there. I have money. My life has changed, Pastor. My life has changed the moment I believed that God is good to all. Friends, the same God who is changing a man who has become an animal. The same God wants and longs to change all of us here. Praise God we have not fallen that low. We don't need to live such a life in order to be transformed by the grace of God. But what we all need this morning is to believe that he is good to you and to me. He is good to all. And David goes on and on. I'll do it faster. Verse, uh, verse uh, 11. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom. You praise and glorify God because of the kingdom he prepares for you and for me. The same verse and talk of your power. You, you believe in his power, especially when you see that his power delivered you. It was the power of God who has brought you here. Verse 13, and your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all, throughout all generations. Again, you praise a king who has an everlasting kingdom and will give you an everlasting life. Verse 14, the Lord upholds all who fall. I have fallen, you have fallen. How many times the Lord has brought us back? So this is why we praise his holy name. The Lord, the same verse, raises up all who are bowed down. If you are bowed down this morning, I'm telling you what that pastor said. You are the most wonderful daughter of God. You are the most wonderful son of God. How? How are they over there, not other people better than us? If my mom, who had four children, was able to make each and every one of us like feeling number one in the family, more, most accepted, what about God? He can love you more than anybody else and still can love everybody else as he loves you. How? Don't ask me. He is God. But he addresses you personally by name. And you have, he said, because you have price in my eyes. Because you have value. I will give people and nations for your salvation. And verse, uh, verse 15. The eyes of all look expectantly to you. And you give them their food in due season. We praise God because... Our refrigerator, even though we are not rich, but still if I go to your home, I will find maybe more than you need for today. Because the Lord is giving us in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Why not should I 
praise him if he satisfies my desires. And he, he has fulfilled your desires. Verse 17, the Lord is righteous in all his ways. So glory to his name. The Lord, the Lord is gracious in all his works. So praise his holy name. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. How to not glorify him for that? To all who call upon him in truth. Verse 19, he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. Praise be to his holy name. He will hear the cry and save them. Save, save, save means eternal life to a sinner who could not save himself. Therefore, verse 21. Oh, verse 20. The Lord preserves all who love him. So praise to his holy name. And verse 21, my mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. Let's begin with praising him. Let's begin with glorifying him. We'll continue by God's grace. I would like to give you homework this week. Simple. Take your quarterly and write down for Sunday, Psalm 144, Monday, Psalm 145, Tuesday, 146, we go to the end of the Psalms, Wednesday, 147, Thursday, 148, Friday, 149, Sabbath, 150. Every morning, I don't want to change your worship, personal worship, but please add this, begin with this. So you do whatever you have done so far, because that's your way of getting close to the Lord. But begin and read the psalm. So we, we begin tomorrow, Psalm 144, and we go 45, 46, every day a psalm. And as you read the psalm, see how the man of God is praising God. See how the man of God is worshiping God. See how the man of God does it. And please read with meditation and prayer, and do the same. Make the psalm your own prayer. Say, Lord, I would like now to declare these words to you, and I would like to somehow to make them my own words. Another thing I would like you to do, because we go from very simple, you know, this is very simple. I didn't give you pages to read or something, you know. This is very simple. We go from very simple to very concrete and very very essential so more and more will be added every sabbath the, ne the next thing is this please find one person in the church a sister should should find another sister a brother should find another brother maybe you get back to the pairs you had in the past when you prayed with somebody every day and make sure that i would like to ask the elders they should kind of even ask you. They should kind of divide the church so that every elder has a number of people to ask. Every one of you should have somebody in the church. And you begin tomorrow or today, give a call to that person, and you have a prayer with that person. I'm not giving you any burden. Pray with that person. You may say, let's pray according to the psalm we read today. But from this small beginning, will go further and further. But the church needs to be divided in groups of two. Maximum three. 
For example, a husband and wife may have somebody else, if, you know, if it's necessary. Ideally, it would be two. And please call each other. Every day, find a moment, establish a moment, and you pray. And you praise God with each other. And along the way, you'll pray for each other, you'll pray for the list of names everyone has, and more and more and more will be added. Is this difficult? No. Let's finish by singing the song, I like the person who is in charge, and we'll have a special prayer, thanking God, praising God, worshiping God, and uh, asking him to give us his spirit so that we may worship him in spirit and in truth. The name of the lady who sang was Sonette. She still sings, I believe, for the Hope uh, Channel and for the Spanish ministry. And the pastor asked permission to the man to tell to the stadium the next evening. And the pastor was allowed to tell the entire audience next evening how this best man became best like an animal and how the embrace of one person who loved Christ transformed his life. And the whole stadium was in silence. People could not believe of the great transformation the love of God made in the life of a great sinner. I would like to extend an invitation to you this morning. Would you like to feel the embrace of Jesus? Would you like to feel that he's loving you personally? And he will fulfill the plan he has to you for you. Those of you who would like to embrace him in a special way and say, Lord, we are really about you here. We are really about the, the business of our Heavenly Father. And we want you to make all the difference in our lives. I would kindly invite you to come forward so that we have a special moment of consecration and ask the Lord to do, to do in our lives what he has done in the life of that terrible sinner. I believe the Lord is embracing all of you. And I believe the Lord is ready to give each and any one of us the chance. So let's kneel before the Lord and ask his wonderful healing embrace. Into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus, come in today, come in to stay, come into my heart. Jesus. Heavenly Father, what a wonderful God you are. You are holy, you are righteous, you are perfect, you are just, you are compassionate, you are merciful, you are all-powerful. You are so humble at the same time because Jesus became a man. And Lord, the life he lived on this earth was a life of sorrow, was a life of persecution, 
was a life that ended up on the cross of Calvary, which tells us that you are a self-sacrificing, loving God. You give all to your creation. You give life and you sustain life. And Lord, the most, the sweetest experience we may have ever experienced and we want to experience in the future too is how from great sinners that we have been, you have made us your godly children. This is our purpose, Father, to allow the love of God to embrace us, to allow the love of God to heal us, to allow the God, love of God to forgive us and to restore us and to save us. Here we are before you. As a church, we really want to have a new beginning with you, Lord. And we want to begin by worshiping the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As individuals, we, each and every one of us, would like to feel the embrace of Christ this morning. Jesus, as you embrace that, that terrible sinful man and transform him, Lord, into a man of God, please do that with us this morning. We know that you began in us a, a wonderful a wonderful work, but we don't believe that we have come to the end. Therefore, we need your embrace over and over and over again. Please convince every single person who has come this morning into your courts that is special, that to you, that person is the most wonderful person you have on this earth. Because everyone has come from the hands of God because the mark of the marks of the creators creator are on our souls and because we want to return to you there are people who have difficulties there are people who struggle with sin there are people who struggle with poverty there are people who struggle with loneliness lord whoever and whatever is in the life of each and every one of us. Please embrace us this morning and help us to embrace your feet. And may this Sabbath and this moment generate something in us which will continue throughout eternity. We like to begin to worship you and to praise you every day, every hour, every moment, and forever and ever in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.